All right, so what follows? My best tips and tricks to succeed in a transformation challenge. This is going to be a good one. So since uh, placing top three and uh, winning most ripped in the last challenge, uh, transformation challenge, I've been thinking a lot about this and about what what I've learned and how to maximize it. And it, it's funny because I, I've, my brain's been going around in circles about this. I've been thinking about maybe working on some kind of a guide in terms of how to do well in these challenges and I was looking around at other transformation challenges that I might want to compete in next in the future and I've been back and forth on this because what I came to realize when I saw a lot of the uh, the other challenges out there is that unlike the one I just did I just did the burn the fat feed the muscle one which kind of takes pretty good lengths to um, discourage cheating and so on uh, not there's not a ton out there to begin with, and most of them are supplement companies. Um, actually, Renaissance Periodization has one. It's I think it's fairly new, but it's uh, it's only it's U.S. citizens only. Bodybuilding.com had a few in the past. I don't know if they're doing it still. Anyway, um, they usually don't do much to discourage cheating, especially the supplement companies ones, because what they're trying to do is they're trying to promote themselves. They're trying to the whole reason they want these amazing looking results is they want they do want some kind of evidence to say okay they did it in this time frame because they want to send the message to potential buyers that look what you can accomplish look what amazing uh, almost unbelievable results you can you can experience in a short period of time using our products. That's what it's all about. That's what spawned these things in the first place. So, you know, if the people are using not very good methods, you know, to, to accomplish it, as well as, you know, of course, using your supplement, which may or may not have contributed, uh, then, you know, maybe kind of turn a blind eye to that a little bit. This is what happens, and it so it makes it a bit disheartening to want to even compete in those kinds of things a little bit. But then, of course, it uh, it begs the question: Well, why would you want to in the first place? And of course, it occurred to me that the where where transformation challenges are good. Well, it's, there's two places they're good. For one thing, if you actually do are in, say, bad physical shape, whether it's um, just because you, you've always been in bad shape and you just want to get into good shape, or you used to be in pretty good shape and you've fallen away from that for, what for you know, life got in the way or whatever. So it can help with that. It can help be the structure that you need and the built-in deadline that to help get you closer to where you want to be. That's where they sort of, they can be really good. Uh, the other potential place they might have is if you're, 
you're kind of interested. You're, you would call yourself, say, a physique athlete, but you're not interested in the bodybuilding type shows that, and which, and I would fall into that category. That doesn't interest me, not only because you are definitely at that point up against people who use drugs and things. And, um, but there's also the, it's a bit of a, okay, I don't, I don't want to disparage it because like I have a lot of respect for, for a lot of bodybuilders out there, including, um, a, a coworker and friend of mine who, uh, who just got his pro card. But the thing is, it's, it's not for me. Um, going out there would feel a little bit and, and you know, uh, it, it feels like it can potentially be something of a, I don't want to say carnival show, but you know, you're, it's like, it's the extremes. You're showing off the extremes in a very exploitative way and, um, and kind of promoting excess that's beyond healthy. We'll put, we'll just put it that way. So it's, it's just something that doesn't interest me. Whereas the transformation challenge is about, um, just self-improvement that does appeal to me more. And in fact, it's always, uh, appealed to me back in the days where, where there was body for life and you saw the, uh, before and afters that were really inspiring and, and even some celebrity transformations, Stallone in particular, like seeing his body develop and, and improve over time was very inspiring to me, uh, especially when I was younger. So to the extent that I do have some helpful thoughts when it comes to, transformation challenges and how to get the most out of them. That's probably where my insights would be most helpful is the people who want to use it as a, to challenge themselves and they're interested in physique development, but they're not, not to the extent where they'd want to necessarily compete in say a bodybuilding show. So so there's a few insights I would have on that. I think that that might be helpful. And, um, first and foremost, I think would be to keep in mind one very important thing. I've said this multiple times, but in case you haven't heard me say it, you don't know what the judges are looking for. So as I just said, the, the people judging these transformation challenges, they have an ulterior motive. They do. Uh, some, sometimes it's, that doesn't mean it's necessarily bad. Like for example, in burn the fat, feed the muscle, the ulterior motive, if you want the reason why they do it is because they want to demonstrate that Tom Venuto's methods work. His methods are quite simple. They are, uh, exercise, exercise with resistance training, um, use cardio, uh, eat healthy foods, and um, have goals and so on. So that's basically it. So it's it's to advertise that the things that he talks about in his books and in his articles and and uh, um, and his online content they work. And so here are some people who do it. And and I think he just does the challenges because he loves doing them. Um, whereas supplement companies they're doing it to sell their products and. Um, like the Renaissance periodization would be doing it to sell their training programs and that. So they're, they're trying to sell something, but so you don't know exactly what they need, what they're looking for in order to accomplish that goal. That may or may not be you. And that may or may not be your results in any particular challenge. So knowing that, knowing that even if you have the best results 
of, of anybody in the challenge, uh, objectively, that might not even be what they want. So the, the most important thing, as far as I can tell, is to make sure that when you finish, you can hold your head high and be proud of your accomplishment. And the way that you do that, the most important factor for that is to do so with integrity. To not cheat, to not be one of those people and uh, to not fall into the, well, everybody else is, do is doing this or that, so I'm going to do X and Y to get an edge, even if it's not really ethical or not really safe or not really intelligent, uh, not really healthy, whatever. So do so with integrity. Do so that so that at the end, at the very least, you can be proud of your accomplishment. Uh, the next thing I would say that really, really helped me is was actually because it's a transformation challenge. You have to know it's about about uh, dramatic before and after pictures. So that's the main primary thing that the judges look at in all of them. So knowing. So what helped me big time was finding the, I call it now the window. So it's the window where you go from looking um, average to looking great. I think there's a window there for everybody, but finding it is a tricky process. It took me the better part of a year to find it, of dieting down for virtually, it was almost a year straight, but there was breaks in there, but but it took me that length of time to find out, okay, what three month block do I go from looking good to great? And I found it accidentally, actually. It's a hard concept to exactly uh, define, and, and certainly if you haven't experienced it, uh, I'll do my best here. So basically, mo let's, let's say for the sake of argument that the transformation challenge you're interested in is three months, because that's kind of standard. Um, when, if you start it at a level that's your not necessarily fat but slightly overweight and then you finish it you might find that yes i lost weight less I, yes i lost um but i i kind of went from looking uh fat to slightly less fat or on the other hand sometimes what happens is if you start skinny too skinny, you go from looking just skinny to skinnier because when you're really skinny, the amount of weight you can lose is a lot less than when you're really fat. So look at those two extremes for the sake of argument. If you go from losing, uh, let's say 30 pounds, but you just go from obese to slightly less obese. Again, I've seen those people win some challenges just, but for the people in, in my kind of position, that's not really where you're going to be at because I'm not obese and I've never gotten to that level of obesity that I'm likely to lose 30 pounds in, in nine months. So we have to be realistic here. On the other, so, I mean, you, I guess you could try to get yourself fat, but that's kind of stupid. And again, doesn't fall into the integrity thing. Um, if whereas if you were skinny, so you diet down in advance and you just go from skinny to looking skinnier, you're gonna lose only let's say maybe 10 pounds or something. In which case, um, because of course, when you're skinnier, it's it's gonna be harder to lose weight, so yeah, maybe you could lose like 12 pounds, I don't know, but it so. On one hand, you have a, a large number that you can use to say, look how much weight I lost, but even though I didn't go to looking that great. 
in the skinny thing, you might look good in the end, but again, is it a dramatic thing? So whereas I found that there's a, there's a point where I can go and it's a three month block where I can go from at the start of it looking, um, decent, but not great to in the end looking pretty great. And that for me was going from about, well, I, this, I'll put a asterisk beside this because I don't think this is quite true. Um, I was going to say 17% to down to about 14%, which I can easily do in three months. I, I'm judging that based on my, uh, digital scale. I think those numbers are off. Um, I think they're a little bit high, uh, and I'm going to start using a caliper probably. And, and those numbers I can fine tune a little bit, but nonetheless, that's what I have to work with. So uh, the point is that I, I basically found where that window is. And now that being said, maybe, maybe this kind of blends into the next thing is because this is about drastic before and afters, um, you're going to want to slightly exaggerate the befores and, and not exaggerate the afters, but, um, get the most out of them. So, um, so the befores pictures, I mean, again, you want, you want to do it with an amount of integrity, but from my perspective, there's nothing wrong with like filling up on like diet soda or something beforehand. So, you know, you fill up your belly. You, the thing is you don't want to make it too obvious, but just like if you're, if the lighting's not super good and you're, you're not looking super happy, um, like don't exaggerate things too, too much to the point where it looks ridiculous. Um, you want to make it look naturally like a lot of the transformation before pictures I see now, it's just someone hanging out like on a boat or something and, and, and they just look out of shape and it's just a picture, an unflattering picture they saw themselves, uh, in these challenges, you can't really do that. You have to take specific before pictures. And so you're just trying to make an unflattering picture of yourself and, and you do that how you can, uh, without making it look like you're trying too hard because that just looks pathetic. Um, and then for your after pictures, uh, you want to make it look as good as possible. Now, on the last couple times to help with that, I did a peak week protocol. Um, my, the, the previous logs I did on, on this, uh, channel basically documented that I don't think it really had much of an impact. To be honest, I think a, uh, slight, um, carb depletion right at the finish line might help. It, it would help with the weight numbers for one thing, um, because you do want to show a dramatic amount of weight loss as, as much as again, um, is possible with integrity. Um, but it, I, I got really sick after my last one. And so it kind of soured me on it. Plus I, I took pictures every single day during my peak week to see how I'm progressing. And I don't think it really, I, to my eye, it made zero difference, even though the glycogen supercompensation thing probably, well, it, it clearly was happening. I could tell that based on my weight, but based on my pictures, there was really no noticeable difference. So while you can toy with those things, don't go extreme. Don't do anything unsafe. Don't do anything uh, that will risk your health. Definitely not. And I'm shying away from them uh, in the first place just because I think it's unnecessary uh, uh, discomfort. 
Um, whatever you do, just from, keep reminding yourself you're doing it for the love of it. Uh, that's how you get through it. But a, a few days towards the end of eating mostly just vegetables and lean protein, probably not a bad idea. And then a brief carb up like right before pictures, you know, either either a day before or just right before pictures, some rice cakes and that, which are dry, um, fast digesting carbs that would might help fill up your muscles a bit. Um, pump up workout and that. You can tan if you like, but even if you choose to do that, I'd say be subtle in these kinds of things. Bodybuilders are known to do it, but they're under extremely bright lights and, and there's a reason. And even they, I find they look a bit silly. Again, don't, you're trying, I'd say the best approach is probably to try for a natural thing. You want to make this appear like you're natural and it's realistic. It's it's amazing, but realistic and not like, look at me, I'm a professional athlete. And Because if you look like that, then it just throws people off and they're like, wow, okay, so this, this guy or girl, they're just a, a pro athlete like competing in an amateur thing. You don't want to give that impression either. So I'd say if you're going to tan or whatever, just be very uh, subtle about it. So I've talked a lot about the what to do before, what to do after, because obviously you want to make a, a dramatic transformation and, and both those things are extremely important. But what's also important is what you do during the course of the transformation itself. Now, if you have followed my advice and found that window for you, you've probably learned a lot. You've probably figured out what methods and so on work best for you. But what I'll give you, I'll tell you the very best thing that I've come across in terms of making uh, these transformations ridiculously effective, as effective as I believe they is possible. And that is to implement this thing. I've talked about it before. And I refer to it normally as my magic chart. This thing is a game changer. And if you use this, then I believe you can maximize your results and get rid of a lot of the trial and error. And the trial and error basically um, gets corrected in pretty optimal time. So the magic chart, all it is, is that basically make yourself a spreadsheet. This can be on paper if you want, but that'll get pretty long because you fill this out every single day. And what you put on this paper or spreadsheet, spreadsheet is probably best, is you put the date and every single day you weigh yourself. You weigh yourself and probably doing body fat percentage would be a good idea too as long as you use a consistent method for that. You put on this how many calories you ate, um, so which implies you have to measure them as accurately as possible. Probably uh, I would also strongly suggest using a food scale to measure things out um, so that you can get um, as accurate as possible. Uh, daily caloric intake number. And you should also put on there a column for um, calories out and energy expenditure. This one's tough. It's kind of an estimation. Um, do it however you can. I use my, uh, my Fitbit to put in the calories they say I burned, which is not accurate. But the whole point of it is to kind of get a baseline. To, so you can say, okay, well, today I can tell I was way more active than usual or way less accurate. You're trying to give yourself a picture of 
what is happening, basically what you want to do with this. And, and actually I put another column on there called notes. So it's like, for example, if I had a lot of extra sodium one day, then I might make note of it. Or if the calories look ridiculously high because it was someone's birthday or something, I'll pick, put a note of that. Just so when I'm looking back on the chart, it all kind of makes sense. Well, the point of this is so that you can look at it and say, okay, at this caloric number, uh, you try to you can try to keep it as consistent as possible because we have to remember that your uh, caloric maintenance is an estimation you should use using a um, one of one of the formulas out there catch McArdle or something like that to figure out your daily required calories is a great start but it's still an estimation so use your starting point and this will help you to assess okay am if I keep my calories relatively consistent and my activity level relatively consistent, am I losing weight with this number of calories? And if not, okay, well, I will either eat less, be more active, or a combination of both. This chart really helps keep you accountable and it keeps these things on track. So you can know when it's time for a change. It's like I say, I, I can't emphasize enough Doing this will skyrocket your success. I use this chart whether I'm cutting or whether I'm gaining, and it sped up my results and improved my progress dramatically. So uh, calories, I mentioned that. They are hands down the most important aspect to uh, to get right when you're, well, really for any physique goal. And... Um, and when I actually accepted that and started doing that, the changes in my body started becoming dramatic and uh, and quick. Well, when I say quick, I mean as quick as one could realistically expect. And so, but that doesn't mean that doesn't mean the other aspects of diet aren't important. They are very important, but calories is the most important. So. When all, all else considered, make sure you get your calories right. Once you've got your calories right, the things to prioritize are, in my opinion, get your protein in. Make sure your protein intake is about a gram uh, per pound of body weight in that region. That way you're giving yourself, and this is actually, uh, that way you're giving yourself the protein you need to build slash retain muscle. Um, it's, this is going to be about the same, whether you're dieting or, um, or sorry, whether you're cutting or gaining, uh, supposedly you can go a little bit lower when you're gaining because you're, uh, you're going to have more carbs and carbs have a protein sparing effect. So, so you would need less of them. Plus you're eating more food anyway. Um, yeah, in a gaining phase, I find protein targets are a lot easier to hit. While dieting, I usually have to make a concerted effort to make sure I get enough protein in. Um, so strive for that kind of protein. The other macronutrients, personally, I don't worry so much about. I tend towards having more carbs because they feel good and I keep my strength and I keep my muscle size and those kinds of things. And then at, try to keep my uh, fat intake like healthy fats um what else uh okay i think i think that pretty much sums it up uh, a multivitamin not such a bad idea probably when you're dieting um supplements 
I guess I should talk about that a little bit while you're in a transformation challenge. Well, as much as companies would like you to believe it, the supplements don't make a huge difference, but there are some that I use. I use creatine. I use protein. Um, actually, I use green supplements sometimes because um, as much as while you're dieting, getting vegetables in is about the, one of the smartest things you can do and that that's probably something I should have mentioned because vegetables will give, keep you full. They keep you very full. Um, plus, they give you the micronutrients that you need and um, and fiber and so on to keep you regular in that. So getting vegetables is extremely important. But every now and then, um, I find that if I didn't have a lot of vegetables, sometimes a green supplement is okay. Uh, caffeine is one that I tend to um, tend to use while dieting specifically um, and especially pre-workout because I train early in the morning so that caffeine boost really helps uh, my mental focus. What else? Um, I think that's about it supplement-wise. Like it, getting ridiculous fat burners and things, um, testosterone boosters, those kinds of things, waste of money. Um so I wouldn't waste much time with that. Don't think that those are going to give you an edge. Okay, what else? Training-wise, okay, so what I came to discover, so last year when I was, I, I was getting a bit frustrated because I was finding my lean mass was going down along with my, um, my fat mass, and I was a bit frustrated, so I tried several different training programs trying to optimize it. Actually, originally what I wanted to do was the idea of a recomp, but um, that was not happening. So it was getting frustrating. In the process, I'm going somewhere with this. In the process, I train, I changed up basically every variable. I listened to them that, oh, hypertrophy is all about volume. Oh no, it's all about frequency. Oh, it's all about this. I changed up basically every single variable and the results were virtually identical. So I am convinced that the actual training split you do makes very little difference. Try to hit each muscle group about about twice a week I feel is about optimal um, in terms of frequency. So you can do that with basically any standard split. Just train hard. Um, I think the true muscle driver, the most just like calories are the most important factor for uh, for for weight management, I feel the most important. Well, there's it's kind of a dual thing for for um, muscle as far as exercise and training, technique, and progression. I think those two go together. So basically, progression using constant technique is is the goal. It is the sorry uh, the the highest factor the most important thing you can do. But the reality is that when you're dieting and when your body is is um, having to draw on its uh, fat stores and so on just to keep you alive, the idea of it actually building new metabolically expensive tissue is simply not a reality uh, for any natural person who's a non-beginner. But that should still be the goal. So the goal should still be to try to uh, keep as strong as possible, try to at least, just like you're trying to retain your muscle, try to retrain, retain your strength. So actually this last cut I did, it was a 
strength split where I train my uh, my back, chest, and legs three days a week because that was the strength training program where I was able to make the most consistent progress. Uh, but you don't have to do that. I've done more like body part splits. I really like those types of splits where you do about two body parts a day and, uh, and you'll hit them about... Uh, well, with that type of split, sometimes you can only hit them about once a week. Um, which is why, like even a push-pull legs, you can you can run that twice and uh, and hit them each body part about twice a week. I feel I feel about twice a week is usually optimal, but when we're talking about volume, they say that anywhere from ten to twenty sets per body part is about optimal. That sounds about right to me. Um, as far as how hard to train sets and rep schemes, that doesn't really matter. Anywhere, personally, I find the most logical rep range for people to work in most of the time is between 6 to 12 reps. And that's because you can come close enough to failure that you feel yourself working and challenging the muscle. When you get into the higher rep ranges, like supposedly you can still induce hypertrophy in higher rep ranges, they say scientifically, but it's really hard mentally to do it. It's to the point where... I would say that's a better tactic for people who are more advanced, actually, if you're trying to spare your joints. For most people, training in ultra-high reps I don't think is such a good idea. Training in ultra-low reps, so below like four, uh, yeah, below let's say five reps, what tends to happen there is your form tends to go out the window a little bit, and you might risk injury, and you might get into um, the area where you're like, yeah, it's potentially unsafe. So 6 to 12 reps, I'd say, for most people is probably a good ballpark to aim for. Um, I think that covers those items. can't remember if I said this, but this here's an umbrella one for you. I think I said this before, but um, enjoy the process. Love the process. I've seen in certain pyramids, like you've heard me talking about prioritizing the things that make the biggest difference. Some of them I've seen, I, I think it was actually Eric Helms in his exercising, his training pyramid, not his food one. His food one, he says, prioritize uh, the most important thing is calories. I think his training one is adherence. Uh, the, the most, the one you should prioritize most is adherence. And that just basically, that's not such a bad idea because yeah you train once and you'll do nothing um you need to keep consistent so the way in my view that you do that the way that you keep consistent is you love the process you keep reminding yourself how much you love the process and that you're doing it and you and especially when times get tough um this is how i got through my peak weeks which you know i think i've said enough about peak weeks but they were tough and what you do is you just remind yourself this is all about the love of it uh, if you don't love it, why are you even doing it? Really, I mean, that's why you should be doing these things is because you enjoy the process and you love it. And um, and working towards a goal just feels good. It feels like doing something meaningful. I think I'm going to finish up here with two, mindset and cardio. Uh, the mindset one I think is really relevant right now because if you can hear in the background or if you do hear as I speak here in the background some noise that's because <laughs> hurricane fiona is flowing through here uh, i'm just leaving the gym now uh, i didn't let it 
stop me from going do, doing my workout. Now, maybe if it was more severe than this, I would have. I don't know. But the point is that I'm dedicated. And I'm, the reason I'm dedicated is because I love what I'm doing. So loving what you're doing the whole time is extremely uh, important. In terms of, I was thinking about this actually, first of all, because when it comes to transformation challenges, my history starts out with them uh, um, back with Body for Life. And when I first read it, I remember Bill Phillips, the author, talking about uh, goals and the power of goals and the difference between a goal and a dream and that type of thing. And it was very motivational and inspirational. And, and that never left me. And I think that's one of the best parts of the book is just telling you you need a goal. And, and Tom Venuto went on to uh, elaborate on that and make it even more um, in-depth and, and practical in his book, Burn the Fat, Feed the Muscle, where he talks about goal setting specifically for fitness goals. Um, I kind of think of it, I think for me, the most helpful way to view it was in terms of thinking of it in in terms of like having a target, having a target you're aiming for, something that should be both ambitious but realistic. Because if it's if it's not, and this is where actually um, uh, expectations, I talk about expectations a lot and why they're so vitally important. Because if there it's not realistic, then you're setting yourself up for disappointment and discouragement. But if it's not ambitious enough, you're setting yourself up to not push yourself. So it should be both. And it should be both ambitious but achievable. And uh, which comes from setting uh, setting realistic goals with and having realistic expectations. And I talk about this a lot when I'm talking about building muscle because if your expectation with building muscle is that I'm going to put on 30 pounds in a month of pure muscle, then if that's your expectation, then maybe you'll eat to accommodate that and get really fat and your expectations, your unrealistic expectations have just sabotaged you. Uh, for burning fat, it's the same thing. So what is a realistic expectation? Well, I would say for 90% of people, uh, it'd be somewhere in between half a pound a week and maybe a pound and a half a week is a good place to try to set yourself up. So this is why with my window I talked about, um, I, I made sure that within that three-month window, knowing that I would lose about half a pound to maybe maybe as much as a pound a week at my state of leanness, then I could get to the point where I look good um, based on my starting point. Um, because actually in that challenge, so I lost about, I want to say about 18 pounds, but the thing is because I was doing the water depletion or, or sorry, the uh, carb depletion towards the end of it, I would say plenty of that was, it might've even been as much as like eight pounds or was water weight. So I might've only lost about, a, you know, give or take a pound a week, maybe 10 pounds in the process of, of that three month cut of pure fat. Um, but I, I kind of knew that going in because I wasn't, I was not super fat to begin with. So I knew my weight loss would be less and, you know, and you give yourself realistic expectations. I think, I think that covers that pretty thoroughly. Um, enjoy what you're doing, have realistic yet ambitious goals, push yourself, um, adherence, uh, again, I've talked about this before, but adherence comes down to two things as far as I'm concerned. Um, 
one is self-discipline and one is just removing the need for self-discipline by making it as enjoyable as possible. I think you should try to do both. Self-discipline definitely has a place and that's where you push yourself to get out of bed on those hard days. And having that resilience is incredible, incredibly helpful in your life and in your training. But you don't want to have to always rely on it. So if you can uh, make things as enjoyable as possible, then you won't need to rely on it as much, but you should still have, you should still have that strength of character to do the difficult things when they need to be done. That's just a good character trait in general. So as far as cardio, I don't, my feelings on it is it is a good tool for uh, fat loss. It shouldn't interfere with your weight training, um, but it's also good for overall health. And it's a good thing that even if you're gaining muscle, I think it should be incorporated. Good, you, you can split it up any way you want. A good starting point would be two to three hours per week. You can split that up how you want, however you want. If it's like 30 minutes a day of, of cardio or if you're strapped for time and want to do most of it on the weekend. To be honest, I find that's fine. Uh, maybe not quite optimal or ideal, but I mean, get it in where you need to. Just take care of your health with, with some cardio and get it in to assist with the fat burning process. Uh, as far as the actual method, I don't think it really matters. I've done hit cardio and I've done steady state moderate cardio. I, I've never really noticed a huge difference between them. So again, do what you enjoy most. Personally, my favorite is going on the elliptical machine because it's low impact. I can do it. I can get a good sweat on. I can, you know, feel myself. Uh, I actually envisioned myself kind of melting off fat. It feels good. I enjoy it and I can do it and I keep coming back for it. So um, what I did find was last year, I really made a concerted effort, effort to separate my cardio from my weight training by a good four hours or so because I had it in my mind that my cardio was eating into my um, muscle gaining recovery. I'm no longer convinced that was entirely the case. Just for a mindset thing, though, it's it might be a good idea to separate them. So you keep in mind that weight training is about building muscle and uh, cardio is about burning fat. But, I mean, this towards the end of my cut, I actually, because I wanted to actually get two cardio sessions in, what I did was I did cardio at the end of my training session and then I did a second one in the afternoon. Um, I was really pushing it hard to, to get every ounce of fat off I could. Uh, that was for the last six weeks of my cut. Um, I, I don't think, and my muscles looked perfectly fine. What I made sure to do is um, I tried not to cut into my weight training too much. So I kept my weight training to be about 45 minutes and then I did about 30 minutes cardio right after. And that seemed to work perfectly fine. So it is an option. Like I say, it might not be ideal, especially if you're cutting too much into it. Because if you're saying, well, I have an hour to work out, so I'll do 30 minutes weights, 30 minutes cardio. I don't think that'll be quite ideal. Try to keep your weight training, prioritize your weight training, and then uh, get your, your cardio in um, as much as you can. That's my personal feelings on that one. Okay, I'm going to wrap it up there. Hopefully you've enjoyed this one. I I called this the tips and tricks to succeed in a transformation challenge, and that was for a very specific reason, not to necessarily win one. And as you know, as you've listened to this, 
Winning is somewhat out of your hands. You don't know exactly what the judges are looking for, but to succeed in one, as I said at the very beginning, if you complete it, you do your best, you follow some of these ideas to get the best out of your time that you have to do it, and you can hold your head high and that knowing that you did your best and had integrity with how you did it, then I think it's fair to say that that's a successful transformation challenge. I know that's a little bit like, uh, you know, it's not maybe exactly what you wanted to hear, but no, what I, what I given, what I've given you, I think is some of the best advice that in, in terms of getting the most out of make, making your before and afters look inspirational and dramatic, dramatic, but also realistic and also um, making the most of the time that you have while you're actually doing the transformation challenge. So hopefully this has been helpful in some way and I'll catch you next time.